Hey, this is Robert Mitchell, High Tide in the Dreamtime, with a special second podcast of the week because big things are afoot and a lot of people are talking about this uh, Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in the sky that you can see with your naked eye. So you should go check it out before it flies on by. Um, That's going to be tomorrow night, December 21st. It's going to look like one star. And a lot of people are talking about how this is the dawn of the Aquarian age. And they're both in Jupiter and Saturn or in Aquarius and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, um, what this podcast is about is about being on a cusp. And the cusp is the area between two signs, or it includes both signs, if you want to see it like that. In astrology, there's really no such thing as a cusp, that either there's 30 degrees in each sign, so it's a planet or an angle is either placed at 2959 in one sign or at zero zero in the next sign. So if people's birthdays are on cusps, like November... 23rd and they're not sure if they're Scorpios or Sagittarius and they say I'm a cusp they are either one or the other but there is a transitional moment between the two signs and I would say that the transitional moment between the age of Pisces which um, was signified by avatars And in the Western culture, that avatar was Christ. And um, in the East, it was Buddha. And, you know, there was also Muhammad for Islam. Um, And it was about avatars and aspiring to the wisdom of avatars and there being intermediaries between normal people and the teachings of avatars. Um, And the age of Aquarius is, it's a democracy. Everybody has access to everything. Everybody has access to all the same information. Everybody has direct access to the numinous. Um, There doesn't have to be an intermediary. There doesn't have to be an intermediary. And in this direct access, it creates compassion. Because you realize that like you, everybody has access. And What I would say about the age of Aquarius is anybody who's listening to this podcast, who's been alive, uh, who's old enough to understand me or older than me, has been alive during the cusp of the age of Aquarius. You know, I think that um, the real great avatar of the age of Aquarius might have been Carl Jung, who was the first person who looked at religions and found out that the Navajo and Kalahari Bushmen had similar aspects in their religions that in in the natives of North America and in the natives of Africa, there were similarities in their religions that could not be attributed to them having contact with each other. And in these archetypes, there was these human... uh, realities that you didn't have to learn from someone else, that they just existed deep in the uh, realms of your consciousness and in the structures of your brain. And Jung also was interested in, in Eastern thinking, 
Eastern religious thinking and Western religious thinking and also in the religions of antiquity in alchemy and astrology and he saw in all these things uh, a common language that was translated over space and time and in different cultures and words trying to experience the same things um, and he would include science in that he would include science was a language that was trying to touch the deepest realities as well and in his view, the future of psychology was going to be a combination of depth psychology and quantum physics. Now, why Jung's important, I remember him interpreting this dream of a client in the early 20th century, and the client was building this temple that was uh, a continental temple. It was as wide as a continent. Maybe it was as wide as Europe. I guess that's what it would have been because that's where Jung was. And in Jung's interpretation of it, he said that the whole world was building a new temple and it was going to take about a thousand years. And that new temple was going to be a new religion, a kind of worldwide religion. That was his opinion. Now, there's so many ways that this, that kind of prophetic dream has come to pass since that dream has been dreamed. Um, and... What I would argue is that the age of Aquarius, that we passed into the cusp of the age of Aquarius in the 1960s, and probably around the time that John Kennedy died. But, you know, these epochs are so big and so long, 2,000 years, you could say it was with his election, you could say, you know, you could say any of that stuff. But there was an event in the mid-1960s where Uranus and Pluto were conjunct in the sky for the first time since the Renaissance as Saturn and Jupiter are tomorrow night. And Uranus is the natural ruler of Aquarius and Pluto intensifies and, and deepens or gets to the roots and the underworld realities of anything that it touches. So that would be, you know, and Uranus is the awakener. So Uranus would have become present in everybody's awareness at that time. And you can see one of the things Uranus doesn't like is conventions. It sort of laughs at conventions because it realizes that conventions have to do with the past. And when people uh, subscribe to conventions, they are demonstrating a connection to the way things have been and the way other people have demonstrated that things uh, they know how things have been. And so they try to live like that. Uranus goes, oh, I don't care how people have, li have lived before because obviously if they've lived that way already, then there's no evolution in it. And Uranus, more than anything, an Aquarian uh, energy, more than anything is interested in evolution um, and, and, and evolving into something new. So in the 1960s, you had women's rights, you had civil rights, you had gay rights, you had the Vietnam War, which was the first war where the youth revolted and said, we're not cannon fodder in jingoistic wars where we have our own culture, we have our own values, we're going to dress the way we want to dress, we're going to have long hair. We're not going to do anything the way our parents did. And um, 
that was a really, really Uranian kind of revolt. And the sort of avatar of, I think, of 60s counterculture uh, revolting or against uh, dominant paradigms was Jim Morrison, who came from a military family. In fact, his father was the commanding officer in the Gulf of Tonkin incident that started the Vietnam War. And he had Aquarius rising. So everybody's rising sign is the reality that they find themselves in. And when you have an Aquarian rising, you're living in an Aquarian, Uranian reality where you revolt against authority. That's what Uranus hates. It, it hates authority because it just keeps going. It's a democracy. It's everyone one for themselves. Everyone has access. Nobody can be denied anything. And so there you have someone who, and Carl Jung also had uh, an Aquarius rising. And you can see in his, in his worldview and in his work, everybody functions in their rising sign. Now, another thing that is uh, an Aquarian age uh, manifestation is the Apollo program. Because it's going, well, Earth it's a place it's not the only place there's a whole galaxy out there and we're going to try and explore it and the first the closest thing we can explore is the moon and we're going to use technology to get there and you know the technology that they use to get to the moon is laughable because uh your iphone is probably more complex than the computers that they use to get to the moon but they were using ingenuity and they were using the most cutting edge technologies they had to leave the bounds of Earth. Um, and that is a Uranian aspiration to, to leave conventions. And of course, the most um, profound convention is that we're terrestrial and that we have to stay on the Earth. We can't visit these other bodies. Um, and another thing about the Apollo program was the... You know, when Neil Armstrong landed on the moon, he said, one stop, small step for man, one giant step for mankind. It wasn't about the United States. It, I mean, there was pride that the United States had, did it, had done it, and they were in a race with the Russians to get to the moon. But the actual statement that came out of Neil Armstrong was about mankind, not about the United States. And that is also what Uranus, what Aquarius is interested in. It's interested in our common humanity and what makes us human. And that nobody's humanity is predominant over anybody else's. Um, what will I say about that? Also, so you know, I had the amazing fortune of seeing an Apollo launch when I was a kid. Um, my mother had been friends with this guy, Edgar Mitchell, who was a, in the Apollo program. And he'd gone to the moon, and on his way back, he looked out the window at the Earth, and he had a mystical experience and realized that there was no way that this whole solar system and where the Earth was, where the moon was, where the sun was, could be anything other than some kind of intelligent design. And he then devoted his life to these kinds of studies. And my mom had come in contact with him. And he had invited us. I think I was about 
five or six to the Apollo Soyuz launch in Cape Canaveral. And <laughs> it was the Americans and the Soviets. They were meeting at the space station. The Americans were launching in Florida and the Soviets were launching from Russia and they were meeting up in, in the, the space station which is also an Aquarian thing. It's like, it's not just the Americans doing it or just the Russians doing it. They're doing this transnational uh, undertaking. Anyway, so I had the good fortune of seeing an Apollo launch. I think it was before I turned six. And the amazing thing about it that I recall was the Saturn rockets um, were, they were over 300 feet tall that's that's how big they had to be to get out of the atmosphere. I mean, it was just awesome. And I remember that the uh, top of the vehicle was gold, like it was painted gold. And I was standing, I guess, in a, a viewing area, like a VIP viewing area that was about five miles from the launch. And when it launched five miles away, the ground shook, like I'd say, like, I don't know, like a 4.5 or a 5.0 earthquake. That's how powerful those rockets were. I mean, I, look, I remember looking at the ground and it was like bouncing from the uh, explosiveness of the rockets before the uh, vehicle lifted off. And then when it did lift off, I think it was going like 8,000 miles an hour, but it was so big, like it was a hundred yards tall as it was going through the sky. And I can, the sun was shining off the Golden Dome. And it was also going up like a bullet because of the uh, propulsion. And to me, it was, it, was, it was mystical as a kid, as a five or six-year-old, seeing that human ingenuity could make this happen, could make this vehicle leave the Earth at that speed with that amount of mass and that amount of power. And it was the collective undertaking of all these brilliant minds that allowed it to happen. It may very well be the symbol of the dawn of the Aquarian age is the Apollo program and the aspirations and the technology and the intelligence that went into that just as a exercise in what human beings were capable of. And that is another thing that Aquarius is interested in, that Uranus is interested in. It's interested in what are human beings capable of that they haven't yet done? What lives in potentia of human beings that hasn't become realized? Because we all have these, these potentials that, or every single one of us have unrealized potentials, but as a collective, as a race, we have unrealized potentials. So, um, whenever these these potentials become realities like oh we're gonna we can go to the moon and then i guess what like nine years later eight years later they were able to do it uh that is a huge uh leap you know it's it's a it's a quantum leap in human capability especially when you think that it had only been i think 50 years since the wright brothers had their first flight so you think in 50 years, they went from nothing ever flying to going to the moon. How fast that technology moved. And that's what Uranus likes. It likes, that's what Aquarius likes. 
It likes things to move fast using logic. Things don't come out of nowhere. They're built upon the understanding that precedes them, and then uh, it snowballs into a new realization. And that's what the age of Aquarius or... or um, yeah, the age of Aquarius is really about. So what I would say is we've all been living in that transitional time. And one of the other aspects of the Uranian, the Aquarian cusp is computers. Computers are completely ruled by Uranus. And the reason they are is because the way computers work, they don't make really make intuitive leaps. If you Google something, it goes through a hundred million passageways of information, but seems to spontaneously get you the answer that you're asking for. And with um, computers, everything that seems to be happening spontaneously happens logically, but just happens so fast, it appears to be happening spontaneously. And that is also something that Uranus, the Uranus archetype, the Aquarian archetype, is concerned with. It uses hyperlogic. It goes, these things have already happened up to this point, so if this has already happened, then this and this can happen. Let's make it happen. And I saw this just the other day where uh, they're achieving quantum computing, and I don't really want to talk about it too much because I don't think I understand it that well, but that... There's computing that is happening outside uh, physical uh, structures of computers. And they figured out how to do that. And they're creating networks that do that. And it has more to do with quantum physics than it does with computers. But it's the future. So when you're looking for the age of Aquarius, what you have to realize is that it's already here. And it's been here our whole lives, and it's sort of cracking open in a way. And for most of us, it'll be more like that when we're closer to our deaths than it was at the beginning of our lives. But the important thing to realize and the important thing to consider is how is it emerging? Where is it emerging? And I think that one of the ways that it's emerging is uh, in the environmental movement in the, the, the sort of the Apollo mission of our time is, the, um, is global warming. So what's going to happen is people are going to generate uh, technologies and ideas and cooperation and transnational uh, organizations that work to relieve the suffering of the planet. And the way people are going to do this is by using new technologies, by using nanotechnologies, by using quantum technologies that don't even seem to make sense. It's that there's going to be reverse engineering that's been able to be accomplished with quantum technologies, some of which already exist, but they're the lower fruits on the quantum technology tree. The internet is one of the lower fruits on the quantum technology tree. Uh, so is television. But there are fruits that go higher and higher and higher up on the tree that are kind of more mind-blowing and more transformational. Um, 
And those are all to come because that's what Uranus does. That's what uh, Aquarius does. It builds upon what previously has existed and then it takes quantum leaps. So I think with all the talk this week about Jupiter and Saturn being in Aquarius, I think what we all need to know who are listening to this, who are alive now, um, is that this has been going on our entire lives. This transformative age has been going on for anybody who's been listening to this pretty much from the moment they were born. They were born into it. Maybe they're a little bit older, but probably not. And the really exciting part of it is that it's part of every single one of us. The quantum leap that civilization's trying to make, that mankind's trying to make, is in each one of us. And it's important to look at the ways that you are capable of a quantum leap. That is how you bring the uh, age of Aquarius into being every day. So look at the ways that your life is like a kernel of popcorn. (laughs) You know, it's like a, a kernel of corn that's in oil and it's heating up and it's always been heating up and it's always been heating up. And then at a certain moment, it gets so hot that it explodes and it becomes popcorn. And that is what Uranus and Aquarius is all about. It's that this charge, this transformation is building all the time in every one of us. And we have to look at the moments when that change can happen, when that transformation can happen. And we can look around ourselves and see the opportunity for that change. See the opportunity for that quantum leap in your relationships, in your profession, in the way you're perceiving the world, in the way that you're dreaming, in the way that you're thinking, that this is all possible. Um, you know, I think that also one of the manifestations of the, of the age of Aquarius is I, I hate new age thinking. I think it's stupid. But the inclusion of astrology in discussion. You know, everyone's talking about it right now. You know, the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction. Everyone can see it in the sky. Um, Technologies like meditation, psychedelics, yoga. These are all technologies that are consciousness-transforming technologies that are available to everybody at this point. And they're becoming more and more available. The... Um, ascension of psychedelics and mental health over the next few years is a totally Aquarian, Uranian, transformative technology that's becoming uh, understood and as a, as a tool for mental health. Of course, people most people don't understand why it works, and the reason that like psychedelics work is because they give you access to. Uh, transpersonal mystical states which are your real origins and consciousness and that is a really Aquarian experience to have to know that like everybody else your experience doesn't begin at birth and it doesn't end at death and that the story you've been telling yourself from the moment of your birth is really just a story And that huge aspects of you exist outside of that. 
Well, that's true for mankind as well. Huge aspects of human potential exist outside the historical narrative of humanity and are waiting to be discovered and embodied in this transformative age. And so one of the things you can do if you're listening to this to be part of that is how do I discover things that exist outside of my normal narrative about myself, but things that are true, things that have not been reflected back to me by other people or even reflected back to me by my experiences, but have existed in potentia in me and can be realized in this very moment without permission from anybody, without the logic of explaining why you can be or do anything that you want to become. Um, that is the Aquarian impulse. That's the Aquarian transformation. That's the um, Aquarian notion that you can become anything that you want to be um, because you, you're existing in a, in a moment of full potential. Um, and so that you can transform what you are and you can transform what you become and it doesn't have to do with what you've been. That is the message of Aquarius. Um, and so as these days come and people are going to be talking about this more and more, think about how this personally is a part of your own experience. All right? Um, and thank you very much for being part of this and enjoy the days to come. Bye.